This is Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. From the corporate office to the cab of a truck, they're here to inspire and empower women in all professions. So gear down, sit back, and enjoy. Welcome to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy DeCaro. We're a show that works to inspire and empower women in trucking, in the trades, and every profession. We tackle all kinds of topics and we work to encourage women to be their very best with informative guests and women who've been champions. I'm Shelley. And I'm Kathy. No topic is taboo on our rig. We tackle the tough topics along with the not so tough topics. And we like to feature experts and celebrities who can assist women in being the very best they can be. Women have broken through many glass ceilings in recent decades, but they still have a long way to go. They're still a minority in the C-suite and various professions. There are women who are working to change that. Dee Williams is the founder of Reskillify.com, a digital e-learning and coaching platform designed to help people upskill and reskill their career business, and life. She's a mission-driven CEO, author, speaker, podcast host, and advisor. She helps the underestimated champions of the world become CEOs of their own careers, companies, and masters of their lives. She has over 20 years of recruiting and staffing experience, and she's placed hundreds of people in companies like Lockheed Martin, Home Depot, IBM, Hewlett-Packard, Microsoft, Coca-Cola, and many others. She's the founder of the Staffingpreneurs Academy that educates aspiring entrepreneurs to help them scale their own recruitment and staffing business. Dee has a ton of insight we wanted to tap into. She's a guest on our show today, and we're excited. Welcome, Dee. Thank you for being with us. Thank you. I am so excited, so honored. This is going to be so much fun. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Dee, you are quite the career champion. Uh, yeah. I, I thought maybe you could tell us a little bit about yourself and what you ran into and what inspired you to do all of this. Yeah, I have a very interesting story. I um, and, and just even talking to Kathy a little bit about hers, mine is somewhat similar. Um, I started out in recruiting and staffing, you know, at a very young age. I actually was at first. I'm Dee Williams. Nice to meet you <laughs> for everyone listening. Yeah. Um, and, um, I, I started, my childhood started a little weird. I actually, um, had, was pregnant by the age of 11, had my first child when I was 12 and by 15, I was a high school dropout with, um, going into my 16th year with two children. So living by myself in my own apartment in the hood in Baltimore and my life like really started just kind of a, in, a, in a rocky space. So I didn't, you know, you can imagine not finishing high school, you know, it's not a lot of opportunities out there for you. Yeah. And, um, everybody was telling me that I was just going to be on welfare for the rest of my life and, you know, and not really amount to anything. But I, I had some, you know, different thoughts and different dreams about who I wanted to be and who I wanted my children to see me be. I had a lot of little odd and end jobs. Like I sold meat packages for a telemarketing company under the table. I worked at McDonald's for a month before I couldn't take the smell anymore. <laughs> and had quit. Um, you know, so I did small things like that. I worked at the Radisson Hotel, if, if that still exists, um, for a little while. But uh, my real, where it really happened, what it really happened for me was going to a temp agency one day. I went to a temp agency. I wanted to get off of welfare. I wanted to make uh, money and more money than what I was making. And um, they had a receptionist job for like 10 bucks an hour. I took the test and I failed the test. So they were they declined me. So I went to the library at, um, in Towson State and I asked um, the, I didn't ask anybody. I just started studying every day, taking my kids up the street, studying every day. 
and um, the ladies at the library, and I'm I'm really um, shortening my story, but the ladies at the library ended up helping me to to study and watch my kids for me and put a little play center together for my kids. And um, I I studied and worked with them for months until I was able to pass the staffing test and uh, ended up getting a job as a receptionist making like 15, 13, 15 bucks an hour. And um, and that was kind of like the start of my uh, journey in regards to my recruiting and staffing career. My idea of wanting to be in a career and not wanting to be what everybody had already um, said that I was, was really more for my kids. I mean, if you're 16, 15, 16, living in your own apartment, holes are in the floor, no curtains, not a bed, rats are everywhere. You don't have a refrigerator or a stove, you know, and, you know, people are looking at you kind of crazy. You start to think like, is this going to be my life? Like, is this who I am? You know, is this my life? And I, I think that it really inspired me to want to do something different, to be something and someone different. And once I made that decision and got on that bandwagon that, yeah, I'm going to be like the people that I see riding those Mercedes down the street. I don't know what they do. I don't know how they got to that, but I'm not about to be living a life that I'm living right now. I just never stopped from there. And so that's really how my journey in the world of recruiting and just working really started. Wow. <laughs> wow. That is amazing. Yeah. And the fact that you had that kind of insight at such a young age, it would have been so easy to just kind of fall into an abyss, if you will. I yeah, mean, sure. Bravo. And and you were thinking of your kids. You were thinking, hey, uh, I want something better for them. And you just kept going forward. Yeah. Uh, undaunted. And it had to have been so scary. Yeah, it was beyond scary because mm. like 16, two kids. Um, one of my children was born, um, I had preeclampsia, so he was born one pound, 13 ounces. Oh, wow. So I had a baby wow. who was not even fully developed. So the doctors come into the house and, um, you know, trying to help me to get him to be able to smile, even not just walk his intestines didn't work. His brain was immature. His lungs were immature. So I had really a sick baby living with me. And then my oldest son, you know, he, um, he was, while he wasn't sick, it was just still a process of raising two kids by myself. I just did not see myself being like on welfare. <laughs> you know, I, I saw this version of me. And so I just kept pushing, pushing, pushing. And the hard part really was everybody around me. That was really the hardest part because everyone around me was telling me this is not possible. Don't do it. Um, just get on the public assistance. Um, you, you're never going to make it the way you think you are. You know, you what, who do you think you are? Mm -hmm. You're just you know, somebody from Baltimore. You're not going to be anybody big or special. You know, you just sit your butt down and just collect your check. And I just didn't feel good about that. It's so much more to me than that. So mm -hmm. that that was my my starting point. I'm leaving a lot of stuff out. You got to read my book one day, but oh, um, absolutely. But that was my starting point, and that's what got me fired up about business and even working in staffing. Well, I think it's amazing. Wow! And and you did this with from the sounds of it without really any champions in your life at that point. I mean, when you think about it, sixteen with a, a baby who's premature, who has very definite developmental issues, you're trying to learn who you are. I mean, you're basically a child yourself. Mm -hmm. And then to do this mm -hmm. by yourself and then being surrounded by all this negativity saying, don't try it. You can't do it. You're never mm -hmm. going to be anybody. Bravo to you. I mean, Thank it you. is huge. Bravo. <laughs> I will say that, uh, that sprinkled in my journey, there were very few people that saw me beyond what was visually showing, mm -hmm. like literally saw my heart and said, come on over here. I'm going to um, do something for you. Like the lady at the library. Um, even I told you in my first apartment, we didn't have any curtains. We didn't have a bed. I was walking, walking down the street with my kids and a drug dealer was on the street and he was like, Hey, you live in that house over there? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, how old are you? 
And I was like, I think 16. He's like, are these your kids? And I said, he said, both of them? I said, yeah. He said, where are your parents? I said, I don't have any parents in this moment. And he said, you live over there in that place by yourself. Now I'm uncomfortable. I'm thinking this guy's going to hurt me probably. Mm. And I say, yes, sir. And he said, take me. And I said, what? He said, take me to your place. I want to see it. And my first thought was, do not take him to your place. He's going to rape you. He's going to hurt you. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. my second thought said, take him. Let him see. And so I listened to my second thought. And I, he walked up in my house, he walked all through the house and he didn't have a facial expression, but I just watched him. And then he stood in the middle of the floor. He said, you don't have a refrigerator. I said, no, sir. He said, how are you like eating and everything? And I said, well, sometimes my neighbors downstairs will let me store like food in their refrigerator. I just met them, but you know, I'm making it, you know, I got a little toaster oven, you know, I figured it out. And he said, okay. He said, go downstairs and ask your neighbor if you can store some food there. He pulled out 500 crisp $100 bills, put them in my hand. He said, leave for an hour and a half, go buy you and your kids something, go buy food, go shopping and come back here in a couple of hours. I was so psyched. That was a lot of money. I was like, oh, so I did exactly what he said. We left and I went and got food. I went to the neighbor and everything. And I came back. When I came back, he was sitting in front of my apartment. I lived in a three-story brownstone in the top floor, the very top floor on Myrtle Avenue, which is one of the most dangerous streets in Baltimore, on the west side of Baltimore. And he pulled up in front of my house with this big pickup truck. He had a box spring and a mattress, or maybe it was two mattresses. He had a um, milk crate, those little gray milk crates, a black and white TV. Um, He had um, a different type of toaster oven. Like, he had just curtains, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle blankets. Like he just, I feel like he just went and just got me things that he felt like I needed that he saw. And then he came in and put everything together. He moved everything upstairs. He put the, he's like, I had no curtains, but I got these blankets. I can put these up as curtains. So the people across from you can't see what's going on. I said, I was greatly appreciative. So he nailed the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle blankets up. He put the crate up. He's like, I found this little black and white TV. You can have that if you want that to have something. I was like, cool. I just felt blessed. My youngest was not big enough to be in a bed or a crib. He was too tiny. So I had him in like a carry on. And um, my oldest son slept in the bed with me, but then he got me two mattresses. So he had his own room. So he slept in there. So it it just kind of worked out a little bit. And then he gave me some, some places he felt like might be able to help me as a teen mom. And they actually did. They ended up bringing a uh, a um, refrigerator and stove in, and mm-hmm. um, a months, a couple of months later. But there were people who definitely like looked at me and said, mm, "She's a little rough around the edges, but I can see she's a good person. I'm gonna give what I have or do what mm-hmm. I can." So I try to do the same thing because I I know that's how I was able to make it through my journey. You know, was the love from those one or two people that were sprinkled in. So I never want to talk about my story without giving thanks and appreciation to those few people who saw, you know, I, you know, me, cause I'm from Baltimore back then. I sounded a lot different. I was talking like a Baltimore girl, you know, mm-hmm. like, sound like I got Ebonics going through, you know, and I was dressing a lot differently, not like a boss the way I dress now. So they had to look past all of those things to see this version of me and say, this is someone that I'm going to invest my time, energy, money, or whatever into. And I'm super grateful for those people. I'm very thankful. That's such a wonderful story. Wow. There were people people who who saw you. And you know, when you think about it, uh, isn't that part of the problem? People don't see who is standing in front of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they don't pay it forward. They don't say, hey, you need a break because everybody does. Everybody yeah. needs some sort of a champion. And these were champions yeah. going along at a very early age. You needed that. That gave you a boost. They were my angels. Yes. I was yeah. going to say angel. Yeah. Yeah. They are my yeah. angels. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And I think we do, don't we? When we go through life, there are angels that we encounter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. And I pray that I am an angel to others. And that's one of the reasons why I love the work that I do, not just as being a recruiter, which is what I've been the majority of my life, 
But um, now being able, I, I, I take recruiting to a totally different level. In the beginning, it was putting people into jobs. Now I help people create businesses or expand their business to put people into jobs. So now I do it at a, on a lo- much larger scale. And I build technology platforms to support people either in their job search in the cannabis space or in, the, um, in, their, um, in, in their learning and their learning journey. Because like that was one thing that I realized that that kept me moving forward as well is that whenever I was looking to push to that next level, there was always this period of, okay, I got to make a decision. But then after I make that decision, I had to go learn about whatever it is I was trying to pursue, right? Mm-hmm. And having those resources was so imperative and being able to connect with people who know exactly what you need to do. I didn't do so well in school, as y'all can tell, literally 10th grade was my stopping point. I did go back and get my GED. I did go back and go to the University of Maryland. I did not finish though, because I was making way more money by that time mm-hmm. than my degree would ever have given me. So I was like, I'm out. Um, but <laughs> but you know, that that learning, being at the library, searching the web, being able to connect with people, that was always a key part of my journey. So when I built Reskillify, it was about me thinking about that part of my life. It was about me thinking about how can I help other people while they're on their journeys. So I built this platform from scratch and all of my course materials are on there. We're in our first quarter where we're bringing other coaches on there. We have a young lady who just did her first live webinar. And uh, so we're really excited about that. And we have a big webinar going off in August where we are opening the doors for other people to come in and to take their knowledge and to bring their knowledge onto the Reskillify platform. We can show them how to generate um, additional cash, but more importantly, um, really help them to get their knowledge out to people who need it. And when I was young, there was no internet like this. Right. Where I could just go online and say, okay, this is the situation I'm in. How can I get better? It was literally, I had to wait until God sent angels my way. I had to come up with my own ideas and then wait till God sent somebody my way to help push those ideas further than what I could do on my own. I feel like now we're in a different time and space. Whereas if if you're in a situation or you have an idea, you can actually find coaches um, your consultants or experts who are familiar with those things. And then you can connect with them, learn from them and help push yourself a lot forward. And I'm talking in all areas, you know, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. internet really is a, a tremendous resource. It has mm-hmm. opened up so many opportunities for people. So many people worldwide can get connected. If people have a computer or any kind of mobile device, they can do I love this. It. I and- love it. Stay tuned for more of Women Road Warriors, coming up. Industry Movement Trucking Moves America Forward is telling the story of the industry. Our safety champions, the women of trucking, independent contractors, the next generation of truckers, and more. Help us promote the best of our industry. Share your story and what you love about trucking. Share images of a moment you're proud of. And join us on social media. Learn more at TruckingMovesAmerica.com. Welcome back to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. We're talking with Dee Williams, a mission-driven CEO, author, speaker, podcast host, and career advisor. She helps the underestimated champions of the world become CEOs of their own careers, companies, and masters of their lives. She refused to let an early life of poverty define her. In spite of being a high school dropout, a mother of two by the age of 16, living alone on the most dangerous part of Baltimore, Dee wanted more for herself and for others. She rose to becoming an influential job recruiter who placed people in jobs in companies like Lockheed Martin, Home Depot, IBM, Hewlett-Packard, Microsoft, Coca-Cola, and many other companies. Her story is just incredible, and her mission to change others' lives is even more so. She pays it forward, and we love that. Dee, I just love what you're doing with Reskillify. No kidding. With upskilling and upskilling, I like that word, upskilling and reskilling careers, business, and life 
what all does your company do? I mean, yes. what, what do you teach? Yes. So I told you about the webinar we have coming up. So I'm really excited because so right now all the courses in there are really business focused. So they're focused on starting your staffing business and running your staffing business. But we have a young lady who's coming on who is a bereavement coach for pets pet bereavement. So she's coming in and she's building her course and she's helping people to be able to grieve as their pets trans after their pets transition. Um, I, uh, we have another young lady who's teaching people how to um, start their own digital magazine. We have another young lady that teaches digital products. Uh, we have a gentleman who teaches anime, how to start with your first anime. We have a makeup artist that's on there. We have a celebrity stylist who does Fantasia Barino's hair. He's coming on board. Uh, we have a travel, um, a luxury travel agent. I know I'm saying her title wrong. She's going to kill me. But um, she focused solely on showing people how to acquire luxury travel experiences and how to create luxury travel experiences for other people. We'll have essentially 50 new coaches on the platform in the next three months coming from all walks of life. I personally want to um, launch a course of my own. You would think that I would already have other things, but my son tells me all the time, I actually lost custody of my son when I was younger. So during that tr- that trial period, my great aunt at the time um, said that she would help me out and she would hold my son and let him go to school out there. People did it all the time. People's grandmoms, you know, whatever. I didn't think twice about it. When I went to go visit him, she was telling me I couldn't visit him. And I didn't understand why she finally came out and said, well, it's because it's my son and not yours. And I'm like, well, how's that possible when you know this is my baby? And she was like, well, you signed the paperwork. I said, no, I signed something to say that he was, it was okay for him to go to school through your home. And she's like, no, you didn't even read it. You signed custody away. And so I hung up and I went through all the paperwork and I found the paper and it a hundred percent said that. And so I spent, I sent, I spent a lot of time during my childhood trying to get my son back. Right. I did get him back though. Actually, most people don't. And that's why he wants me to write a, to do a course because most people don't get their kid back. And I actually got him back and was able to continue to raise him um, and all of that great stuff. And um, where he's one of, you know, my best friends right now, because clearly we're only 12 years apart. But <laughs> but um, but yeah, so he wants me to do a course to help. He's come in contact with a lot of women who have lost custody of their child and they have pretty much given up and just mm-hmm. assume that whatever the system says, that's what it is. But that's actually not true. And I talked to a lot of lawyers who told me I had to get married, which I did. and I didn't even love the guy. Um, you know, and I, I just like all of these things you have to do to get the judge to approve, but it's actually other things that you have to do in order to get your kid back that goes beyond those things. And, um, that's what he wants me to train. So I've been thinking about working on something like that. Um, I work with a lot of people that are incarcerated, to be honest with you. If you all live my life, you would see my phone rings a lot from people who are incarcerated, but I build great relationships and they're always asking me to put plans together for them and different things like that. So I try to connect with people who are there to support people who have been incarcerated and are looking to transition out of that lifestyle back into the working force in a way that feels positive. And when you have people who are, um, are I would say, corporate professionals who get arrested, if that makes sense. I'm not talking about our drug dealers or whatever, but I mean, corporate mm-hmm. professionals, they're always concerned about their brand coming out, knowing that people can go in and find them. And so they're like, well, how do we handle that? So we teach them how to build brands and incorporate their story into their brand. Because if you put it on front street, it's hard to accuse you of something that's, that, that's there, right? You're going right. to tell them, hey, I have been arrested. This was my story. This is my journey. And this is how I'm living through it. And so we have courses that we're working on to push them out to help them transition too. So when I tell you I'm living in my bliss right now, like I am living in my zone of influence, all the people that I'm coming in contact with. Uh, we have a, a, a series that we're doing adulting where we have a whole bunch of seasoned, quote unquote, um, people <laughs> that are going to come in and talk about just life rules that they've learned over the past 80 to 100 years. So we have that series coming out. So a lot of great stuff coming out with Reskillify. I'm really, really, really excited. That's amazing. Your curriculum is just yes. amazing. 
and what you cover. <laughs> Superwoman. My God. Yes. <laughs> you know, You're amazing. You're my hero is what yeah, you are. Yeah, my like, seriously. Listen, it's all uh, about giving back, right? Uh -huh, it's I all agree. about giving yep. back. And that's where I'm at. You know, and wow. sometimes it, I think it feels in our world today that the world has gotten so selfish. I mean, you look on social media and it's all me, me, me. Look at me. Look at me. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, look mm -hmm. at what I'm eating. L look, I'm over here. I'm, I'm standing close to a cliff and I may fall off. But don't I look cute? Right. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's it seems so superficial today. Yeah. And, and to hear people like you making something happen yeah. for so many people. It, this is terrific. Yes. And I'm all about anybody I come in contact with. The first thing you should hear me, I'm like, okay, how, how can I fit you into my world? Are you going into reskillify? Do you need to start a staffing business? Like, what do we need to do? They start laughing at me, but it's, it's literally, I know that there's a, a thousand D Williams out there. That's 15, 16, or even that version of me that was 17, 18, trying to figure it out, got my boys back. What do I do? How do I become or be this adult, this woman, right? Because it's one thing mm -hmm. to have feminine feminine um, yeah. parts. It's another thing to be a woman, right? And to be able to show up in that way in its full entirety. And I think you mentioned earlier, D, you didn't even know who you were. I, I don't think I figured out who I was until I was, my kids grew up and, and moved out. You know, mm -hmm. yeah. Until they grew up and moved out, so I literally was walking around the earth looking like an adult, and probably still stuck at between eleven and seventeen because I missed all of the things that are supposed to happen during that time, yep. right? Mm. So once my daughter moved out and she had sent her to college, I looked around. It's like, oh, well, is purple my favorite color? Do I like that? Am I happy? Like it became really, really real. And, you know, over the last couple of years, I've been trying to just figure out like who I am. I'm in a great space now, but that was very, very challenging. It's like, who am I? I've been a mom since I was 11. <laughs> like I've only had to do nothing but take care of my kids since I was 11. So now who, who am I and what am I fighting for? Sure. And so that's, you are meeting that version of D Williams. <laughs> Yeah, you 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 became an empty nester wow. at the same time you were trying to figure out who was I, what did I miss out on, and I need to go back to being 12 again and kind of go forward a few years and, and experience some of that and figure out who I am. I mean, that would be very confusing. It's very confusing. And then I look mm -hmm. really young. So all of my friends are really young. <laughs> They're all they're 27, 28, and my staff is young. The guys I date are young. I, I have not caught up to my real age just yet, physically, mentally, emotionally, none of that, but I'm trying. Hey. Pray for me, y'all. <laughs> I, I, I think women can be whoever they want to be in whatever appreciate era. That. Yeah. I appreciate that. That's well, so funny. We, we had a lady on who, um, she's in her sixth career and she's in her early 80s. Wow. Mm -hmm. and, and there's a picture of her in a superwoman costume. <laughs> yeah. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Love you that. Know. I love that. Yeah. So women can be whoever they want to be. And and I love this. I mean, you you are such a positive influence. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And I love what you all are doing here, inspiring women. You know, we're all coming from different walks of life. And sometimes when you're on this journey, you think you're the only person on this journey. And you're you're the only person that's experienced this. So it's it's venues like this where, you know, women can come and really just like see that, oh, it's other people out here that have gone through the struggle, have gone out of the struggle. They made it. They can do it. I can do it. So I really, you know, want to just show love to you all and, and just say thank you for the work that you all all are doing out here for us ladies we need this well thank you thank yeah, you that's what we want to do is inspire and empower women um yes because you know like i i come from the depths of hell um just like a different kind of hell than yours but um i mean hell is hell really right, yeah. <laughs> so uh and and to, to go from the homeless part and just the mental uh God, the mess that my head was in and I was like you like I, I turned out I was 40 and I had to unlearn 
40 yeah. years of, you know, garbage. And then yeah. like, I had to relearn who Kathy was at the age of 40. And I, I honestly, I didn't know what I liked, what I didn't like exactly like you said, I had to really figure out who I was, but the hardest part was accepting how freaking awesome I am, you know, and, and the qualities that I have. And, and, and I, and I couldn't believe that I had listened to all the lies and the bull from people, yeah. from men. I'm like, yeah, are you yeah. kidding me? And, and now operating the largest equipment in the world, it's like to think of all those, you know, uh, I'm going to say not, I don't want to swear, but all those jackasses that told me how useless and how stupid and, you know, and mm -hmm. ugly and worthless and uh, that I pollute the air. Who's driving this, who's driving this truck? Who's hey. operating this dozer? Right? Hey. Who's doing hey. all this? So in, in doing all that, I knew that I, I couldn't just sit there and, um, and and just you know because we work two weeks on two weeks off and becoming a re recovering alcoholic two weeks off is a long time so i started giving back 10 years ago and now i empower women everywhere that man you can be anything you want to be it doesn't yeah. matter where you come from what your circumstances are exactly like your story like you're saying right mm -hmm. it's really a mindset it's a shift in your conscious decisions that you make of how you're going to view your day what you're going to do with your day and how you're going to spend your time right yeah. are you going to just waste it watching useless tv programs playing games hanging out with people that will never uh, get you past the couch you know, or right. are you going to actually like, like myself getting up at five yeah. o'clock in the morning, I'm going for a run on the beach. I'm planning. I'm going to do this, 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 I have so much time. What, what do I need to do? And because I have so many goals as well. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm in Los Angeles for a reason. So yeah. Right. Oh, and I would add to that list dreaming, you know, what are you dreaming? Oh, your vision and yeah. what are you feeling throughout the day? So what are you dreaming throughout the day? And what are you feeling yeah. throughout the day because at one point I found myself being just angry at everyone at everything especially at grown-ups and I was a grown-up when I looked in the mirror I was like you know how did I become the enemy <laughs> you know so it, it was really it, you know I realized that that was eating me up on the inside being angry I had to also find a level of peace not necessarily forgive mm. me. I'm not that mature just yet, but, yeah. <laughs> but peace, I had to figure out what peace was for me so that as things are happening to me throughout the course of the day, that I can still maintain a level of joy so that I can still attract the, the thing, the good things that I need to attract. Yeah good people that I need to attract, the good circumstances that I need to attract. Because when you're vibrating so low, it, it creates low vibrational uh, uh, circumstances. So being able to remember and being comfortable with feeling joy, even when things are going crazy, like really sitting back laughing, like, are we going like this universe? That's how we going right now. Okay. You know, and to laugh about it and know that, um, that I am protected, that I've been through mm -hmm. so much. That, that anything that's about to go down, it ain't going down for my, my demise, it's going down for my progression. And so the question is, how am I going to handle it? And, and how am I going to feel? And where, where do I want to push my energy towards? So I just wanted to add to that list. That vision is mm -hmm. everything and how you mm -hmm. feel every day is everything. Absolutely. I think a lot of times though, people lose their vision. So this is, this is important for them to hear. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Keeping a vision is not the easiest thing to do. And I'm going to say now I'm going to spook y'all out a little bit. But when you have some good energy in your heart, your physical heart, where you almost feel those butterflies or anxiety feeling. But if you can have that match with your vision, I, I feel like that's what pushes things forward. And when you lose your vision, you realize that your heart muscle don't work so well. You're like, what is she talking about? I don't know what that is, but I'm going to tell you when you know you're tapping into it. That's when you get, like I said, butterflies in your stomach. When you feel butterflies in your stomach, there's this anxiety feeling or this feeling in your chest. You're like, okay, okay, okay. Like it's that feeling. It's the feeling of determination. It's the feeling of... Um, you know, somebody said, or if you saw your car, your kid underneath the car, you would go run and try to pick that car up. Even though you know that that car is too heavy, you would still go over there and try to pick it up. It's that determination that like, nobody is going to tell me and nobody's going to that energy. And you pair it with 
who am I tomorrow? Who am I two years from now? Who am I five years from now? What do I want to be? What do I want to do? How am I living? How am I dressing? Who's in my circle? And you start to really create that vision for yourself and you stay there for just a little bit. Literally things will start to come around. You're like, oh my God, I was just thinking about that the other day. I can't believe this. Oh my goodness. Where did you come from? It's like the universe literally moves on your hat on your behalf. And I feel like when I was younger, I did that, but I didn't know I was doing that. I was just like, I know I'm not going to be broke, you know, then I, I cheat. Or I know I'm not going to lose my son forever. I'm going to get him back. I'm getting him back. All of those key things that I have decided to do in my life, it was with a vision. It was a decision. It was a vision. And then I had so much, uh, so much tenacity behind it. I call it audacity, individual audacity, but I had so much energy behind mm -hmm. my vision that it don't have no choice but to but to show itself because i i'm saying this is what it is so creating that vision once you get it and having that feeling but you everybody should be able to get that vision i'm hoping we all can do y'all still see your visions oh yeah yeah oh I, my gosh do yeah. i ever mm -hmm. yep i've always been a dreamer and, and a visionary and i've always had a goal you know, it's like, okay, I, I've, I've taken some detours here, there, you know, but it's like, I'm getting back on that freeway, yeah. you know, and you can have people say, oh, that's never going to work. It's like, yeah, you know, just keep going, you know, because you, you got forward. the naysayers, you know, and, and they don't see through your glasses. Yeah, it's yeah. true. It's very true. But when I, I quit listening to people years ago, years ago, back when I was uh, going to nursing school, they, uh, I was about to go to nursing school, filling out, you know, the paperwork for all the, for the application. Every single person was telling me not to go into nursing and you'll never have a job. And I looked at them. I'm like, are you kidding me? It's, it's you'll, you'll always have a job. People get sick. Right? Yeah. Like, what, do you, what do you mean? You'll never have a job. Like that's, that was the most ridiculous thing, you know? And yeah. even uh, getting into heavy equipment operating, like at, um, at, at, I did that at 43 or 42, um or 43 and uh people thought i was absolutely nuts right but i'm like yeah. i don't listen to what people say because they aren't they aren't me they don't have my skills my my mind my abilities and um i i i personally believe that uh, a lot of times that people will uh, pull you down because they don't want you to succeed they they feel um almost threatened by that kind of success Mm -hmm. And so it, it's a big, um, like, especially family members, I got to say there's jealousy, there's like, there's all sorts of toxic behaviors that um, I had to step away from personally and just figure out what I needed for me, you know, mm -hmm. what is right yep. for me, not for my daughter, not for anybody else, but for me, if I'm, if I'm going to. I've always known there's a bigger purpose to my life than what I was living. So I had to follow that inner guide, that, that intuition that was so strong and man, am I glad I did that <laughs> because yes. look at me now. That's look at right. you now. I love it. I uh -huh. love it. <laughs> Stay tuned for more of women road warriors coming up. Trucking Moves America Forward, or TMAF, is building a positive image of trucking by telling the story of the hardworking drivers and industry professionals who support the industry. And you can be a part of it. Learn more about TMAF and how you can join and be a part of the industry movement working to build a strong image of trucking by visiting TMAF's website at truckingmovesamerica.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our latest channel, TikTok. Welcome back to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. We have a guest that proves you can make it. Everyone can make it, despite what anyone might say. Breaking through that glass ceiling, achieving your career goals, it's all achievable, including your dreams. Dee Williams helps people do that. She's fought a lot of battles at an early age and won. She now leads the way for others to succeed and become champions of their own destiny. She connects with people from all walks of life to help them take the right path in their careers. She's a successful career recruiter, the founder of Reskillify, and the Staffingpreneurs Academy. Dee, you really have risen above some incredible odds, just like Kathy has. 
was, I, I do have one more question, Kathy, and, and um, and in regards to what you said, uh, because I went through something similar where people were constantly telling me, like, you're not, you're not, you know, you're going to be a baby mama with seven baby daddies. That's what I, that's why that was the yeah. story of Baltimore with gold teeth and big earrings. I was like, yo, that's not me. But yeah. how, what did you do to get that, like, to, I mean, to not think about those things? Because I, I know, even though I was saying, you know, I rebuked those thoughts, you know, of course they still lingered in my head as I was trying things or trying to attempt things. How did you, how did your, how did you get your voice beyond, you know, what other people were telling you to be the dominant voice in your mind? You know, uh, I, I, I got so sick and tired of the life that I was living mm -hmm. and that the desire to change my life overruled everything. That was it. Like mm -hmm. uh, there was a moment with Toothless Joe when I was, this is my my clear, my my big moment of change. It was 2011. And actually I'll send you a picture of my homeless picture. It's, it, it's awful. Um, I'm standing there drunk. I've been homeless for seven days. I have no, no more nursing career. My daughter wasn't talking to me. I was just all alone and desolate. I slashed my arm and like, oh my God, I, I had been robbed. I had no identification and I'm just miserable. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm looking around, um, at this, this, this homeless shelter where I was, and I'm looking at all these lost souls and I'm thinking, I'm educated. How does this happen? Like, mm -hmm. how did I end up here? Oh my God. Right. Mm -hmm. So I get up, I go outside and there's this, this, this icon in the homeless community named Toothless uh, Joe. Um, he slaps me on the back and he's drunker than a skunk, right? And he's all happy. And he's like, this is the life, you know, live it, love it. <laughs> and I am like, it was my moment, right? It's like decades of depression just shattered. And I saw crystal clear. I'm looking around this, this dismal place. And I said, what did you just say? <laughs> and I said, this is not my life. And I actually stomped my foot and I, I said it really loud. This is not my life. <laughs> I goosebumps. I got goosebumps. Yeah. I, I, although I had nothing. And I said, I am going to do whatever it takes to get away from that guy. Right? <laughs> I turned around, I went to detox and then I went to a faith-based program that they have for women uh, where you live there for a year. And that's where yeah, we had treatment from Monday to Friday, nine to four, um, where I had to kind of unlearn all of that. It was, it was really, really my, 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 my moment to shine. However, having, having, having had 40 years of abuse since, since small childhood, it was very hard for me to, to change my ways. I had to consciously, continually self-talk my way through mm -hmm. moments um, to believe in myself because I've always known, like I just said, I have a bigger purpose and it's not what other people are telling me. So I finally started listening to that. I'll give you one last one last thing. Uh, the first month I, I got the, the trucking job, I'm uh, I'm very shaky. I got zero self-esteem and I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm working in an all male do dominated. I was a third woman there. There was like 150 men. It was really tough. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm driving the truck, this, this, this house is building. And uh, I had to go through this intersection and they had at the time they, they, um, they didn't have any gates. So they had to have security come and block the road. So pickups don't, don't, go through while I'm going through because we're so big. Mm -hmm. So it was a real moment in time. I'm, I'm coming through the intersection and uh, you got the, you know, you got the security on either side and there's pickups lined up almost as far as the eye could see uh, stopped. It's like, it was like a train going through and it was a beautiful day. People are getting out, having smokes. And at, in the middle of this intersection, as I'm coming through, I had the worst post-traumatic flash I've ever had in my life. It hit me from behind like a, like a, like a, like a hurricane. It just, it, it hit me so hard. It took the air out of my lungs. And I'm like, Ugh! and I, I, I start to hyperventilate. I got goosebumps right now. I, I can't breathe. I'm crying. I'm, like I'm gas. I, I'm not seeing the road. I'm not seeing, I'm not even seeing the steering wheel. Right. And I can't breathe. And so I, 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 I roll down the window to get some air. And in the, in, in this process, I'm seeing the most violent, most humiliating moments of my life. And it was just, it was, I could, I could hear the words, the awful name calling, just everything. And it was like spitting like a tornado around my head. And in somehow, some way I, I'm at, in the middle of this hurricane or this tornado, I could say, I'm like, oh, hell no. 
I said, my past does not define my future. So what I did is I took all that and I threw it out the window. And it is that moment that has changed my, my, my forever. This was 10 years ago. And now the more I, I, I've gotten the, the different equipment that I get, different experiences. Oh, my God. There's no way you could ever pull me down. Like, you, you know, it mm-hmm. empowered me. And it is this gift that I have that I continually on the days that I struggle, that I still empower myself and I still talk to myself. And I, I think that's key because no uh, one else can do it for me. I have to. Right. Yes. Yes. Yep. You have to make the decision. I love it. What a powerful story. Yeah. And when that doesn't yeah. work, I have a vision board with all sorts of quotes that are right in front of my computers <laughs> in my yeah. locker. Like, you know, you are enough. <laughs> you know, you're not the average person. You have big work to do. Big work. So get moving. Right. <laughs> Things like that. I love that. <laughs> I love that, too, Kathy. You got your power back. You, you were able to harness that and you realized who you truly are, which we don't always get those messages. And you're saying, you know what? Yes, I can. You know, maybe in many ways it comes down to when we're growing up, we don't have the champions we need. It creates self-doubt, perhaps. You know, um, when I was a kid, and and I'm sure when you all two were children, like all of for me, most adults were my enemy. I'm just going to be honest. Most adults were finding ways to hurt me in some type of way to take from me. Um, And I grew up, you know, for a long time, like hating adults. And then one day I looked in the mirror and realized like, you're an adult. (laughs) And I was like, wow. So what does that mean for me? So along with trying to figure out who I was, I made up in my mind, when I realized that I was an adult, that I was going to be the best grown up that I could be to, especially to younger people, because the perception that I had grown up was that older people were bad and that younger people, I wouldn't say they were good, but I just didn't feel, I didn't find safety in grown ups or police officers or people like that. And so I had to make a decision. Like I'm going to be a good person. I'm going to be someone who's going to treat people well. I probably should have been a bad person based on the life that I had, but it it flipped my thought process in a different way, actually. It made me feel more adamant about being someone to be able to, sh- I want to be able to be someone to show up for others because these people out here are not really showing up. They're showing up only to take from you, but mm-hmm. I would like to be someone to show up because I genuinely want to be there to support that person. I genuinely want to be a good person. I want some child to grow up and say, not all grownups are bad, mm-hmm. maybe any of them, but not all. And I've met a few here. So do you all like, I don't know if I'm the only person that's ever thought that or felt that way, but you know, Kathy, you mentioned when you were young, you, you know, you kind of felt the same way about grownups. Like, I don't know. Did you all have you can you resonate with that in any way? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I met, oh, God, uh, yeah. Yeah. I met, met a number of grownups that uh, I really thought they had their heads up. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> they just and they didn't always they didn't always seem to be on my side. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh huh. That's scary. We've yeah, got to make sure that we're there to protect the younger people. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. oh, absolutely. We've got to have like it's got to be a mission. We've got to be adamant about it because, um, how scary is that mm-hmm. <laughs> to think that grownups are there to protect you when they they literally have other ulterior motives? Yep. So, and I encountered some, yeah, yeah, that's Aww. evil to me. That's the height of evil. Yeah, uh, adults who take advantage of children and abuse yeah. them—it's just so wrong. And D, I want to commend you. I mean, you became an angel. You, you took all of that evil that you'd been around and you made it into something that is saving other people. Yeah. I never That's thought terrific. of it that way. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I wanted to know where people can reach out to you because it sounds like Reskillify helps mm-hmm. people from all walks of life and all professions. And mm-hmm. I'm sure that there are people who have questions. Where do they reach out to you? Yeah, come to Reskillify. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on YouTube. I have uh, four, 500 videos on YouTube. Um, so you can reach out to me on any social network. 
And, but yes, definitely come to reskillify.com and sign up for a free trial. You can get a 14 day free trial. Once you sign up, if you say that you heard this podcast, then we'll give you, we'll extend it to a 30 day trial and you'll be working with someone in the organization. It might be me, but typically it's somebody in the organization that'll help you set up your course, your course program, your ideas, and help you really bring them to life. So yes, please. And what's the website again? reskillify.com. So it's R-E-S-K-I-L-L-I-F-Y.com. So just a quick question. Like when I go visit uh, women's shelters, would they be good candidates? Candidates, do you think? They I think definitely to learn, but if they yeah. have a gift that they want to transition into something more and turn it into an income and they have something that they can share and show, sure. Okay. And I think they all do. They may be afraid to let that out, but just like, you know, I think they all do. Everybody has a skill set, something that they're good at. Somebody's great at making macaroni and cheese. And you might think, well, D, I can find a million videos on YouTube. Well, maybe you can, but can you sit with the macaroni and cheese connoisseur coach and say, okay, <laughs> what do I do now? <laughs> How do I make this? Like you, it's a different level of expertise. You can only rewind and fast forward that YouTube video. But when you're at yeah. the course, with someone who's walking it through you, it's a different environment. And so that's what we look for. People who want to share their knowledge and, and really take that knowledge to give back. Right. But also mm -hmm. to generate additional revenue. Of course we want to do that, but we hoping that these people are sharing because they genuinely want to give back. My mom is building her course. Now she's a teacher for 40 years and she believes that children, um, that people become bad people because they lack literacy. This is what her belief is. Okay. Through the years, she's found that the children who don't read, the children where their parents don't read to them as a child, they don't have reading time. Um, even parents that don't read to their children while pregnant with them, their chances are higher of becoming like not a good person or doing bad things or lashing out versus kids who start with reading first. Not the internet, not the phone. She's talking about actual books. So her goal is to connect with parents while they're pregnant and to connect with parents throughout the child's um, youth and show them how to um, to become more literate. She, her course is so cool. She shows them what to buy, how to decorate the room in the front feng shui space so that the kid is taking in the information. I should, should say child is taking in the information that's being read, how to read to them, what to read to them at what points of the day, what to have them read, how to help them to learn how to read what they like. She's mm -hmm. the whole thing is so freaking amazing. I'm so fired. I cannot wait until she launches it. So people, People are really getting into their bag of knowledge and and really um, building their courses. We have so many, uh, what do you call those things? Like workshops. So yeah. <laughs> people are putting this stuff together. Dee, you're just amazing. I love what you're doing. Thank you for being on the show. You're awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you. Thank you. You're amazing. Oh, thank you. You are too. Oh, my goodness. This has been so much fun. I'm very inspired. I'm awestruck, and I really think that I, I need to really up my game here because you're an amazing lady. You Thank really are. you. I'm inspired by you two as well, very much so. Thank you. This was awesome. Yep. Yeah. Thank you. You've been listening to Women Road Warriors with Shelly Johnson and Kathy Takaro. If you want to be a guest on the show or have a topic or feedback, email us at info at tncradio.live. Thank you for listening to another great interview on tncradio.live. And don't forget, be sure to subscribe to our podcast of Women Road Warriors. It's free. All of the material you hear on tncradio.live on our website, our broadcasts, or our podcasts are copyrighted. There can be no distribution without the express consent of tncradio.live and its partners. For inquiries, write us at info at tncradio.live.